The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, our show is about love, and I have a wonderful book right here in front of me called Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love. The subtitle is Relationship Repair in a Flash, and it's by Nancy Dreyfus. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we start talking to her. Nancy Dreyfus is a psychotherapist for over 25 years, and she sees herself as kind of a transpersonal scout. She helps people to let go of external structures that no longer fit them, And she teaches them what it means to live in a life based on their own insides. A phrase she likes in this regard is trust in being. While the phrase that she used, trust in being, is probably not quite unique, she really heard it from some wonderful teachers in a group called Waking Down in Mutuality. How do you like that? Um, While she was learning psychoanalytic theory at the Hahnemann Medical College, She was also studying Buddhism and secretly teaching clients to meditate. The tension between solid development approaches and her draw to the mystical has been part of her journey. For years, she taught the law of attraction classes to mainline moms, but understood enough about unconscious programming to consider the book The Secret as not telling the whole story. Personal growth to her examines the interplay between family of origin conditioning and one's understanding of how the universe operates. She's coming to us all the way from beautiful Pennsylvania. You can find out more about her at our website at conflicthealing.com and also at um, her website at nancydreyfus.com. Nancy, thank you so much for joining us all the way from the East. It's my pleasure speaking to you from Philadelphia. Yeah. So tell me, how is it that you ended up writing this book, Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love, Relationship Repair in a Flash? Well, I'll, I will tell you how. It's a very specific thing that occurred. About 15 years ago, I was the therapist with a couple that was very, very difficult. The wife was just screaming at the husband very similarly to how my parents would argue. And the wife used a word that my mother used to unfortunately use with my father. She called him asinine. Mm. 
and I was in the office, and I went into what's called a counter-transference trance. I froze. It was like I was an 11-year-old at home, unable to get my parents to stop fighting. Mm. And I leaned over, and on a scrap piece of paper, I wrote the phrase, talk to me like I'm someone you love. And I handed it to the husband and stage whispered to him, hold it up to her. And this kind of weak, frightened guy, kind of a battered guy, um, held up this message. And I watched a miracle in front of my eyes. Hmm. He kind of aligned with the dignity of the message, talked to me like I'm someone you love. It was certainly an interruption in their familiar dance. And the wife, who had who really had seemed belligerent, sort of dropped down and said, I guess I haven't been treating you very well. And probably for the first time in years, they became equals, and they walked out as friends. And they walked out, and I, I was sort of still in a trance. I said, holy cow, what just happened there? And I began developing over the years a number of written messages, which are now compiled in a book with an essay on each one, will talk to me like I'm someone you love. And I have been working with couples to interrupt conflict with written messages like, this feels awful. Can we start again and really listen to each other? I know I'm overreacting. Can you give me a minute to get sane again? I'm your friend. It's painful seeing how quickly I can become your enemy. I love you. I hate fighting. And can't we just hug? And a personal favorite, Mari, I feel like a total and complete idiot, which can break, which changes the energy in almost any conflict. And if you're, if you hold up that card, I feel like a total and complete idiot to your partner, and it doesn't move them, then you know that you're with a psychopath. And you better get out of that relationship. And you probably should get out of that relationship. Yeah. No, I have the book in front of me, and I love this. I'm looking at number 40. It says, I can see that my anger has been destructive and that I've really hurt you. That's taking responsibility for what's yes. happened. Yes, exactly. And, and so these are, instead of you statements, they're all I statements. Exactly. Which let people take responsibility, and they're not attacking, they're not blaming. They're, you know, because when you get into the blame and guilt um, storm, <laughs> it just escalates, right? Well, it's a beautiful way to put it. What's happening is not only are you taking responsibility, sometimes you're not even exactly taking responsibility. A card that works very often sometimes is just holding up a card to a partner that says you're being a bully. And that's not really taking responsibility, but it's real. Right. And what happens is that when couples get into an argument or they're really disconnected, they're not really talking about the most important thing, which is their relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. The value of the written messages is even though on the surface it says, oh, it's so impersonal, it's a written message, it's actually taking the situation from the content of what you might be arguing about to actually dealing with the real issue, Mari, how you and I are relating to each other. We're remembering that we're relational. Right. So in in terms of our, when are you suggesting that they use this, um, you know, how often? You know, I mean, you have, I have this book and, and I, I know that, I mean, I guess I could make Xerox copies of number 22, for example. I know you're feeling nagged, but please stay when you walk away from me. I feel discarded. You know, you know, sometimes I'll say, you know, have you done this? Have you done that? And I know he looks at me like, like I'm nagging him or I'm really just 
you know, trying to make sure something has happened. So what is, how do you really suggest that this be used? Um, well, what I suggest, actually, it's so funny, you know, people have suggested to me that I should call General Motors or Toyota and have them in the glove compartment of every car, <laughs> because so many couples fight in a car because they're with each other in a car, and they fight over instructions, and they fight over routes. Right. But I wouldn't necessarily, you know, say that is my main instruction. Right. And what I could, tell people to do is the... The yes. ideal, of course, would be for each couple to have a, have a copy, but, you know, usually that's not what people do, is to get the book and to read through the 101 messages, which are indexed in different sections, setting limits, apologizing, making up, taking responsibility, and, you know, indexing it itself was probably harder than writing the book. And as you read through the messages, I can virtually promise you, Mari, you're going to have the thought, oh, my God, this would have been useful last week then, last week when. And anybody who's been in a relationship can tell you what was useful last week is going to be useful tomorrow. Right. Because we tend to have the same arguments, the same issues, and feel in the same position with our partners. So you could put a little tab, you could underline it. You know, I think it's a good idea to get familiar with what's there. And then what happens is that you're in a situation with your partner where you have gone from what I say, you have gone from cozy to crazy. Yeah, cozy to crazy. From cozy to crazy. And it it has been fascinating to me that a couple can be in the most loving space, including me, by the way. Yeah, we're human. You know, we're all teaching. I'm teaching what I need to learn. You've already heard a little bit about my background and my modeling. And that, you know, you can, your partner can interrupt you or you're, you're saying something that's really important to you and you feel like he's missing the point. He's trying, but he's missing the point. And already you're feeling your connection is a little fractured. And it can seem very, very hard to get, to get back to center. And what begins happening is you're trying to explain yourself and your partner is trying to explain himself or herself. It gets worse. And, you know, most people who've been in any relationship for at least a year have that experience, they're looking at their partner as impossible. You are saying, what am I doing with this impossible person? Right. You get to a point where you're already anticipating you will not get through. And unfortunately, what people do at that moment is already believing they won't get through. They continue trying and it only downward spirals. Right, right. And what it's I good. am telling people to do is mm-hmm. at that moment when you feel despair and desperate, or maybe even hopefully before that moment, you leave the field and you go get your book, however long it takes, usually we're, we're talking less than a minute, and simply come back into the room and simply without a word, hold up the message. And, you know, I, I, um, in my experience, really, unless you are dealing with a psychopath, almost everyone melts because what they've seen is the very act of you're going to get the book, Mari, The meta message is this relationship matters more to me than making my point, which is an incredibly loving message. Right. And I'm trying to do something to make it better and and understand you. So so your suggestion is, I would think, if I understand correctly, is that when things start to feel like they're going to escalate, that's the time to stop and get the book and get the the message that you need and show it before it escalates because you know what I, you're actually you know you no one has ever and you know this is the beauty i have not been interviewed before by a by a mediator and so i'm even you're it's a very interesting experience being interviewed by you because mm-hmm. you are somebody who really like has a feel for the rhythm 
I do it every day for the yes, last 26 years. I get, years. That listening. Yeah. I get that listening to you. I would say, you're helping me clarify my thinking, I would say to go get the book when you're having the feeling this isn't going well. Yes. Yes. I know as a mediator, when I start to feel that energy in the room or like one party will say something and I, I don't know the button that just got pushed because I'm not, you know, I haven't lived with them. And it seems really benign, but I can see that the button got pushed and yes. someone immediately says, I stopped them right there, right there. Before it turns into this, you know, yelling match or, or accus- you know, accusations across from one to the other, I stop and say, what just happened here? You know, what was that all about? And then, you know, we get back to center and say, oh, well, I felt this way because this happened in such and such a time. And then right after that, he had as an affair or something like that, you know, that that will be something that I would never have known about. It's just, you know, between the two of them. So it, um, it gives us a chance, but I know even in my relationship with Lloyd and he's, you know, (laughs) but, um, even with my relationship with him, you know, I'll feel where everything's good. And then I'll say something that will push his button. And then I know to stop right then and there and think it through and then say something different. But that's because I have all this training. But I think even for me, looking at some of these statements in here, um, like, tell me the truth. Am I responding in the way you need me to right now? I thought that was a great one to say. Because sometimes you don't get it. You know, you think you're responding, you're trying to be helpful, and you're seeing on the other person's face that doesn't look very helpful. So then you say, you know, help me understand. Tell me, you know, am I responding to you in the way that you need me to right now? I thought that was really a beautiful one. Well, you know, what you're pointing to, which is, you know, why um, consciousness is so important, is that when you are having an interaction with your partner, what you're really needing to do is moment by moment go very slowly and notice what the energy is and try to stay away um, really from the content, you know, to say how... There's been some interesting research that's been done. Do you know who John Gottman is? Mm-hmm. No. John Gottman is considered probably the greatest marital researcher on the planet. He's, mm. he's in Seattle. He has a lab where he wires couples up so he can read their bodily reactions to each other. Mm. The equipment is very refined. They can tell whether you're feeling mild embarrassment, moderate excitement, annoyance, You know, there are physiological correlates, and he can tell with 95% accuracy watching couples' bodily reactions to each other, whether they'll be with each other in five years. And one of the things that he says, which is very validating to what I'm doing with my um, flashcards, which we might call a repair mechanism, is that in the couples who are the happiest, these couples fight, Mari, but in the midst of the fight, they'll say things to each other like, I know this is hard to hear. Right. Or when we're finished with this, we're going to go get an ice cream soda. In other words, what we are, I don't know whether anyone, whether you've heard this phrase before, I'm imagining you have, is that we're partners in conflict rather than adversaries in conflict. Right. And, and conflict, if, on, on our website, I, I put up the Chinese word for conflict, which is made up of two symbols, danger and opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe, and, and I, I think you do too, especially from your Buddhist studies, that you know, we are we come together with people in our lives to really learn from each other, to yes. be mirrors for each other. So, when 
you know, one of the things that, that we try to do in our relationship, because both of us have been married before, is we, we try not to do the old stuff that, that didn't work. And that is, so if he'll say something to me that I really don't want to hear, mm-hmm. I'll hear it anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say, I, you know, it isn't fun to hear, but I really need to hear it. And it's good feedback and tell me more about it. Right. Um, and, and I know being that one of my issues is I am kind of a control freak and I have to control my clients. I'm an attorney. I have to do this. You know, that's part of my profession. But of course, I take that home with me. I'm thinking that I have to organize everybody and everything and put it in order. And um, and I, you know, that doesn't work in a relationship. So, you know, I mean, I hear those things. I admit those things. And I do try and hear and try and do something different. But it's, you know, you have to stay conscious. You have to stop being um, defensive and just really be open to hearing it because that's what we're here for, to learn from each other, right? Right. right. When I first got together with my partner, Tim, and I'm also divorced, when I got together with my current partner, he had just come from a relationship with a woman who was a cabillionaire who could take off any time she wanted and they could go play golf and they could go do whatever they wanted. And I have a full practice and I'm not a golfer. Right. <laughs> um, I'm a serious person. And he was worried. He was very honest. He was worried I wasn't enough fun. It was not easy to hear. Right. But from my own training and because I wanted it to work, I would say this is hard to hear but tell me more. And this is, I hope everyone listening to this can hear this. People aren't going to love you because um, you're wonderful. They're going to love you because they have a good experience of themselves in your force field. There's a very fine line between whether I'm in love with Tim on those days that I'm in love with him, or I love the experience of Nancy I get to have in his force field. Right. So that giving your partner a good experience of themselves So the more that I was able to say to him, I can see that you're really worried that I might not be as much fun. Right. You sort of have to get get yourself out of the way. And, you know, I I teach it better than I do it. You know, my joke, although it's not such a joke, is that um, writing a couple's conflict repair book is about 800% easier than actually being in a relationship. Well, they say that we teach best what we need to learn, right? I mean, I've been a teacher for a long, long time, and I know that it's it that my students teach me just as much as I teach them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe more, maybe more, and and uh, that's just the way it is. But you know, I wanted to get back to where you were talking about fighting versus the people who don't fight. You know, I've I've had couples that I've done their divorce, and they said we never fought a day in our lives. Well, they never communicated well. But then, you know, I, I thought about the word fighting, and I guess from my perspective that instead of thinking about we need to fight, we really need to confront gently what our issues are and see each other's perspective and problem solve it. Totally. So it doesn't have to really be a fight. I mean, you can... You can gently confront and say, you know, this is not going to be easy to talk about, but I love you and I need to bring this up. This is what's really, you know, hurting me right now or bothering me right now, or I'm really uncomfortable with this right now. I don't want it to turn into fight. I don't want it to escalate out of control. I just want us to be able, I'll hear you, you hear me, and let's try and work it out. 
you know, it's interesting. I teach assertiveness training, and I've written this book, and I still don't like hearing the word confrontation. It's a little scary for me. Yes. I love the idea that we're just expressing ourselves. You'll, you'll laugh a little about this, and you can feel free to steal this, Mari. Okay. Sometimes Bar- when I start say- with a couple, <laughs> yeah. I will have them in the room, and I will have one of them say to the other, you know, this, is, this may sound a little strange, but I think you have antlers growing out of your head. <laughs> and the, the, the listener then needs to say, wow, that really sounds strange to me. But if you see antlers growing out of my head, that must be terrifying. In other words, it's learning to sit and listen to the unacceptable, because sometimes your partner is going to say things that are going to feel about as off base to you as you have antlers growing out of your head. And I actually do it as a drill. And it's not so, sometimes it's a lot easier for people to deal with the antlers than their partner just saying something where a a little detail is not exactly how they saw it, and it makes them go ballistic. Right, right. Yeah, and and it probably adds a little bit of levity to the room. (laughs) (laughs) And a good laugh, you know. I mean, if you can laugh together, sometimes, you know, I'll just laugh at myself and and just, like, sometimes my husband will say, I'll I'll tell him things that he knows to do, like, okay, honey, you know, it's Friday morning, you have to take out the garbage. And he'll look at me like, what do you think? I wait to this every single day for all these years. (laughs) Am I not going to remember it? You know, And, and it was... And I just start laughing and I go, you're absolutely right, you know, and, and, you know, we do such stupid things and we really need our partners to tell us that. But, you know, when he tells me and he gets aggravated, I just start laughing and say, you're right. You are right. Oh, that was so well, dumb. Let, you know, let me, I mean, <laughs> since, I, since we're on the phone and we're, we're, we're talking about this, I would like to share a piece of information with you that you probably don't know that's very relevant to the work you're doing and the work I'm doing. Okay. Great. I would say the most interesting piece of research that's relevant to what you and I are doing, Mari, came out a few years ago with infants. They put infants in what's called a maternal stress situation, and nobody freak out here. They only do it like once or twice. The baby is not really wounded, but where the mother is holding the baby tenderly and abruptly puts the baby down. And with this wiring that I talked about, like John Gottman has in Seattle, the babies are wired. And almost universally, baby girls will experience anxiety. In other words, no, who's going to take care of me? In other words, this has to do often with women and their issues around detachment. Hmm. But now let there be a drum roll. I want to tell you what a four, five-week-old infant baby boy experiences when the mother puts him down. What? Are you ready? Yeah. Shame. Oh, interesting. What God had in mind, I do not know. But all I am saying is that when you realize that men are hardwired to experience any sort of discord or disruption as immediately wondering about their own value, hmm. you can understand why you know men have a, a, a reputation of being defensive, though I think women also get defensive. But it's a very useful thing to appreciate how easily um, men feel shame. So... The classic interaction, which we've all been part of, is a, a, although it's also a, there's a, certainly a version in same-sex couples, and anything I'm saying is relevant to a same-sex couple. Right. Um, a woman says to a man, "Honey, we have to talk." She's wanting to close the gap because she wants to feel closer to him. Her attachment issues, and he hears where he's marching to Siberia to be lectured by the principal. Right. <laughs> 
And actually, my my partner, Tim, has above our bed, I came home one day, he took one of my flashcards, Mari, right now I don't need a lecture, I need your love. <laughs> he framed it over the bed and crossed out lecture from, right now I don't need a lecture, right now I don't need a therapist, I need your love. And we have the point and click method. We, so he just has to point to the flashcard. <laughs> That's good. And that even that, even pointing to it. And I, I can see the the levity and just coming out with, with one of these, you know, sayings right in front of you. I mean, it, it is kind of funny. I mean, it, it, it breaks the ice, you know, it, it kind of it changes the, the, the it shifts the energy. Totally, totally. You know, probably one of the, the most important things I'd like to say about it, and it, it, it speaks kind of the, the flow between us that it hasn't come out yet, because usually it comes out in the beginning is why written messages as opposed to verbal ones? And I think we both need to talk a little bit here about voice tone. Yes, yes. When we are in a um, challenging relationship with a partner, our fight-or-flight response gets activated. Our fight-or-flight response was something that was useful thousands of years ago on the prairie when the rabbit we needed to eat for dinner was about to run away, and we'd go, oh, my God, we need to go get that rabbit. Yeah. But in, you know, the year 2011, we experience our fight-or-flight response when our life is not truly in danger. And the biological survival value of the fight-or-flight response is that it's scanning for danger. Right. In other words, it's not looking for friendship. It's looking for danger. So that when my physiological system is activated, because you haven't heard me, I am looking for signs that you're trouble. So that if you apologize to me, And it's fairly sincere, but I hear a little exasperation in your voice tone or weariness. I'm going to hear it as insincere. One of my favorite flashcards is, what can I say that would make you feel understood? My partner shows that to me. I melt. But if either one of us were to say it in the trenches, it would come out, okay, so what can I say that would make you feel understood? Right. And and we're off and running. Yeah, yeah. And and sometimes you're so angry that your voice tone, your emotions have taken over. So at least if it's written, it's less intimidating or it's less accusatory or whatever it is. It yes, just, it, 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 it tends takes it away. to yeah. make people, it tends to pull for trust in the sincerity of the other. Right. And then hopefully, I mean, and I, I think these are great, and I think especially in times when things are challenging, but I... I think by what you've written to explain these, you're, you're hoping to um, in, empower people to learn to say those things, too, in a way, in a tone of voice that's low and slow and genuine and, you know, not affrontive, right? I mean, right. Well, you, you know, it's interesting. It's like a teaching aid right? that's cracking your, kind of your cosmic egg, your belief you cannot get through it. Look, most of us had parents who didn't listen to us optimally. Right. You know, most of us had parents who loved us, but who didn't always talk to us like they did. We did not always feel felt. We did not always feel understood. We all, once the most romantic honeymoon period is over, there's often an anxiety about whether or not I'm going to be heard. And so if what happens is over and over again, when you see that you go vulnerable in the midst of an upset, which is counterintuitive, using the flashcards, you begin doing it without the flashcards. Right. And I just want, we're, we're just about out of time. I just want to tell everybody that we are speaking with a wonderful psychotherapist, Nancy Dreyfus, who wrote this wonderful book that has over 100 
ways to stop arguing and stop loving again. And it's called Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love. Relationship Repair in a Flash. And all these wonderful flashcards in here are just really terrific. And I want you to give your website, and then we'll have to have you back again when you do your next book. Oh, I would love it. My website is Nancy Dreyfus, D-R-E-Y-F-U-S dot com. And what I want to tell people is if they go to the website and put in their email address, they can download three free flashcards. They can practice with them at home. One of them is the book cover, Talk to Me Like I'm Someone You Love. And there are two others that you can actually download so you can, so you can try them out yourself. Well, they are terrific. You did a great job. I love it. I will be sharing that and and advising clients to to get that, especially those who are planning on remarrying after divorce (laughs) (laughs) and those who are getting back together. So thank you so much, Nancy. You're just a real treat. And I'm hoping that people will definitely get talk to me like I'm someone you love. Thank, Thank you, you so it's, much. It's, it's just been fun talking with you. We'll Bye-bye. do it again. Thanks, Nancy. Great. Great. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank, host of Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. Visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests, download archived interviews, also download podcasts and Write to us about what's important to you in the information age and see all of our resources there for you because each one of us has conflict in our lives. Let's just learn to heal it. Thank you. in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.